Well, welcome back as we head into our two six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is your number six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty. Anything on your mind? I want to um, I want to pick up on where I left off at the last uh, last uh, segment in the last hour, if I might. This should make us very nervous. It really should. When the White House continues to talk about monitoring or their new phrase, keeping a close eye on things like Twitter, now that Elon Musk has opened it. Where were they before, by the way? Where, where were they? Just let, let, let them censor, right? But now, I played you Elizabeth Warren earlier. Did you, did, you catch, did you catch what I played from Elizabeth Warren earlier in the show? Really quite amazing. Let me let me let me set it up for a second. Let me set this up and then I'll give you Karen Jean Pierre. This is precious. Senator Elizabeth Warren in the halls of the Senate today. Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. Okay. That was Twitter. That's Elizabeth Warren today. That is not Twitter today. That was Twitter up until about a month ago. That's exactly what was going on, and she couldn't care because they were the ones in charge of the censoring. As I said last hour, they're not worried about misinformation. They're not worried about censorship. They're worried that they're not in control. They're worried that they're not doing the censoring anymore. By the way, how far is she willing, this former Harvard law professor, how, 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 how far is she willing to extend her thesis? Does she believe that of the New York Times editorial page or the New York Times newsroom? Does she believe that of CNN? Does she believe that they don't have a right to determine what content they want to air? Or is it only Elon Musk? Now, to put in a word for Elon Musk, he's more liberated in his in, in his format, in his form on Twitter than any of those places I just mentioned. He's not in the business of censoring. He's not in the business of constraining normative absolutes. That is the business of the others. That is the business of those who tried to shut down and successfully shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story. That's exactly what they all did. This is why Elon Musk bought Twitter in the first place, to open things up. Elon Musk is not censoring Leftists, as I said in the last hour, when he was asked, well, we're seeing you re-platform conservatives like Donald Trump and Jordan Peterson. Um, why aren't we seeing you re-platform leftists and liberals? Because they were never censored, with a couple examples, like Kathy Griffith, who was re-platformed, who Elon, Musk's, uh, Elon Musk did restore uh, her right to, uh, to tweet, I guess. Uh, he, he did do that. But the left wasn't the target of censorship, so there's not a lot of them to put back on that were taken off, if any, anymore. It's that, it's, it's that they're no longer in charge that bothers them. But now, even with the disinformation board uh, having been disbanded at the White House the, in the Biden administration because it set off so many fire alarms among too many people, it seems that the White House is not letting up on this. Today, uh, White House Press Secretary Karen Jean-Pierre 
said that the Biden administration is keeping a close eye on Elon Musk's newly acquired Twitter because of the concern of the spread of misinformation. The concern of it being, quote unquote, a vector of misinformation. She said this is something we're certainly keeping an eye on. We have always been very clear when it comes to social media platforms. It's their responsibility to make sure that when it comes to misinformation, when it comes to the hate that we're seeing, they take action. They continue to take that action. Again, we're all keeping a close eye on this. We're all monitoring what's occurring. Does this not make you nervous that the White House or the administration or any government entity is keeping an eye and monitoring the speech of its citizens, particularly the most protected form of speech, which is political speech? And again, I'll say it once more. Who is she to have any credibility or moral authority of any kind when it comes to misinformation? She who said the 2016 election was illegitimate. That was your same car in Jean-Pierre. It's a unique enough name that there aren't two of them, I don't think, but it was the same one. Or all the misinformation they spent, they spread about COVID. If you get the vaccine, you won't get sick. If you get the vaccine, you won't spread COVID. If you get the vaccine, you won't go to the hospital. If you get the vaccine, you won't die. Was that misinformation? That was theirs. But they literally, uh, there's this interesting debate going on. One of the things Kevin McCarthy said uh, the, uh, that he wants to do when he becomes Speaker of the House is uh, have Congress physically and audibly read the entirety of the United States Constitution. I initially thought that this wasn't really quite necessary. It's not knowing what those words say, it's understanding what they mean. And there's not enough time in Congress to explicate every, of course, every 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 part and parcel of the Constitution. Karin Jean-Pierre has probably read at least the preamble and probably at least read the First Amendment. I'm sure she has. I'm sure Elizabeth Warren has. That's not the problem. The problem isn't that they don't know it. The problem is they don't appreciate it. The problem is they don't appreciate what it says or what it means or that they don't care about it. They don't care about it. I had mentioned, oh, must have been a little over a month ago, an interesting, I thought, interesting column Peggy Noonan had in the Wall Street Journal talking about how mainstream journalism has changed journalists used to think their job was, and I think many of us are still operating on this thesis, and it turns out I think we're probably wrong to be operating on it, but journalists used to think that their job was to investigate the government. Today, it seems more and more like the government thinks it's their job, the government's job, and the government thinks it's the journalist's job, and the journalists think it's the journalist's job, to give the government a pass if it comes to monitoring the American people. The journalists now, with the hand of the government and the strong hand of the government at that, including the eyes of Karen Jean-Pierre, as she used the phrase, is to monitor what we're talking about and what we're saying. This is a total reversal of the entire point of journalism in the First Amendment. The point of journalism was to question government. The point of journalism was to speak truth to power, not to work hand in glove 
within administration to be the megaphone for the administration's storyline, whether it was true or not. Hugo Black wrote this. Liberal, uh, liberal Supreme Court justice wrote this. The press was to serve, excuse me, the press was to serve the governed, not the governors. The government's power to censor the press was abolished so that the press would remain forever free to censure the government. You do understand the difference between censor and censure. Censure means to, um, means to criticize. The government's power to censor the press was abolished so that the press would remain forever free to censure or criticize the government. The press was protected so that it could bear the secrets of government and inform the people. That's what the New York Post was trying to do with the Hunter Biden laptop story, of course. Hugo Black went on. Only a free and unrestrained press can effectively expose deception in government. And paramount among the responsibilities of a free press is the duty to prevent any part of the government from deceiving the people. How in the hell did we get to a place where the secretary, the press secretary to the to the president of the United States thinks it's the administration's job to be monitoring the people and not the people's job to be monitoring them? This is a total inversion and a total confusion. So while I was initially thinking it wasn't quite necessary for the new Republican Congress to read verbatim the Constitution, it's not like it needs to be entered into the congressional record. It's already on the front of the U.S. Code. It's not so much, it's not so much that we need to re- read the, the black letter verbatim words of the Constitution. We need rudimentary and fundamentally re-education classes on what it meant. That's what we need. Rudimentary classes on what the First Amendment meant, what the Constitution means, who the people are and who the governed and what the difference is and who gives what to who and who gives the power of what to who. Boy, I'll tell you. I'm Seth, we'll get into more of this when we come back. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it still remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You probably already want it. What you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. That's the Midas Gold Group. That's who you want. They're veteran-owned and they're proud supporters of this show and this station, 960 The Patriot. They're fighting not only for your right to free speech but financial privacy and stability the financial privacy and stability that gold offers. Trust the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you already know. Trust Midas Gold Group. You can visit them in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix or give them a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. Or you can check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Great, great, great group over there. They really are. Fantastic people. Um, you know what? You know what a better world would look like, or a better America would look like, if you had, if you had an overarching government, an over a leviathan government that wanted to 
get into monitoring what private persons and private industries are doing. You'd want them monitoring it, keeping an eye on it, in Karin Jean-Pierre's phrase, in the name of and for the purpose of and the sake of human rights, liberty, freedom. How about instead of trying to keep an eye and checking continually on Elon Musk and Twitter, as she said they're doing, how about keeping an eye on Apple and Tim Cook? They're the ones in the suppression of speech business. They're the ones in the suppression of human rights business. What's more anti-American? Letting a rip in political discussion and dialogue? Or letting the CCP rip on its citizens in China? Who's helping who in that fight? Is Apple standing up for the principles of democracy? Is Apple standing up for them? Or are they the one... With the one hand threatening Elon Musk and Twitter, while with the other serving as the handmaidens of the Chinese Communist Party crushing dissent, literally and figuratively. We talked a lot yesterday about the story of them not allowing airdrop to be used by uh, the protesters in China, the people of China, to communicate with each other at behest of, at the behest of the Chinese government. You understand how that works. We described it yesterday. Airdrop is a way for people to communicate within the vicinity of each other on Apple devices without it going through a email or a text system that can be monitored. We all do it here a lot, I assume. I, I mean, I don't think I do it very much. I, I never, I, I'm just not that, I don't have a lot to share, but, but, um, outside of the hours three to six, but, uh, but I know people who do it a lot here, and Tim Cook's letting it happen here. He's not letting it happen in China because the Chinese government doesn't want the people to be able to communicate outside of their being monitored. Who should this White House be keeping an eye on? Who should this White House be concerned about if they want to get involved in individual corporations, if they want to get involved in issues of free speech? Say what I said in the monologue. Tim Cook and Apple are treating Elon Musk and Twitter the way the Chinese government is treating its dissidents, its protesters. And he's helping in both directions. By not putting ads and threatening to take away the Twitter app from the Apple store. On the one hand, and by eliminating airdrop for Chinese citizens because that's what the Communist Party of China wants, the government, the government of China wants. That's who this administration should be keeping an eye on. But they won't. And they won't for several reasons. Several reasons. It's the same reason that Joe Biden has had nothing to say. And the Sec- Secretary of State has had nothing to say. The Secretary of Defense has had nothing to say. And Kamala Harris, where has she been, by the way? I don't know whether to be happy or not happy that she's been nowheresville and quiet lately. But where has she been? What's going on there? Has there been a stretch of time when the vice president has been this out of the news? Am I missing something? Was she in the news recently? 
Why are none of these people saying a thing about what China is doing to its protesters? I thought we elevated to a fairly well the right to peaceful protest. Hell, we elevated it so much, so much so, that we said people could go out and actively protest even though state governments were asking people not to do congregate settings indoors or outdoors. They had exceptions for political protests if they were left-wing. If the political protests were left-wing or in the name of Black Lives Matter, that is to say, in the name of fighting racism, you could violate all COVID precautions in places like Michigan, places like New York, places like California. That was just fine. The left, the liberals, the Democrats... They know how to stand up for protesters when they want to. They're not standing up for the protesters in China. A lot of reasons. A lot of reasons for that. Part and parcel of it is trying to get a deal with the Chinese Communist Party. I remember when we were arguing and debating about what we used to call permanent normal trade relations in the late 90s. I remember Gary Bauer once said, you know, we do this. It's going to change us more than it's going to change China. He got it. He was right. We're importing their ideology. They're not getting they're not they're not taking an an ounce of ours. Not an ounce. Not a sentence. Not a sentence. The other reason they're not saying anything about it, besides from their own political interests and wanting to get a foreign policy and trade deal with China. Because I think there are a lot of people in this administration who think the protesters are wrong and deserve to be taken off the streets in China. And I think there's probably even a smaller set that actually admires what China is doing. The government, not the people, admires it. This is what they wanted to do here. You listen to them. I know two years ago seems forever ago, but that object in this rearview mirror... It's a lot closer than it appears. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. 602-5080-960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. By the way, guys, um, can we come into the next segment with uh, Monday morning, Fleetwood Mac? Uh, it's one of my favorites. Christy McVie passed away today at the age of 79. Can you believe it? I was talking uh, with my buddy Jim. He's a big fan. We all are, aren't we? It's a great band, Fleetwood Mac. Christy McVie was an amazing talent. 79. Who? Yeah, some of these people, it just, you, boy, it ages you. It ages you when you think about that. Anyway, um, that would be great if we can do that. Thank you. Just give her a little bit of a tribute there. Although I think that is Lindsay Buckingham singing it. She was part of it. She was part of it, obviously. All right. I want to go through this uh, through this op-ed with you by Jonathan Turley. Liberals are in a wartime footing. Not over Russia. Not over China. Over Elon Musk. Washington this week is in full wartime footing. 
It's about Twitter and the threat of Elon Musk to restore free speech protections to social media. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has emerged as the bellicose general rallying others to censor or die pressure campaign against Twitter. The problem is that citizens are flogging Twitter and signing, Twitter and signing up in record numbers. People want more, not less, free speech. The over 2 million new signups per day represent a 66% increase over the same period of last year. A reporter this week was so alarmed that she asked Karen Jean-Pierre about the concern that millions are still signing up at Twitter and demanded to know who's keeping an eye on this for possible federal actions. Unable to convince users to embrace censorship, Hillary Clinton and others are pressuring corporations and foreign governments to deter Musk from restoring free speech. Since users are embracing the new Twitter, the campaign is focused on preventing him from signing up by removing the app from Apple and Google stores. In the meantime, Apple is joining the boycott by withholding advertising revenue to coerce Musk to reverse his free speech pledge. Coercion to reverse free speech. You like that? Boy, Orwell really did write a manual, not a warning, huh? Musk is sitting on the ultimate weapon to bring this war to an end, free speech itself. However, it will require more than rhetorical recriminations like Musk asking why Apple executives hate free speech in America. Fact is that these media and political figures are becoming more and more alarmed as Musk threatens to release the files on the past censorship of stories like the Hunter Biden laptop. You know how why they're afraid of this, folks? Because say what you want about all the other discussions and all the other frustrations. Say what you want about any of them. It is now documented by at least two pollsters that the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story did change the 2020 election. Enough voters said that if they had heard about it, according to two polls, exit polls, enough voters said they heard about it, they wouldn't have voted for Biden, which would have been enough in the battleground states, by the way, which would have been enough to give Trump the win beyond peradventure. Musk has reason to wonder why Apple CEO Tim Cook would join this anti-free speech campaign. The reason, is, the reason is as obvious as it is craven. These boycotts are not about corporations or shareholders. If anything, they're more likely to diminish profits. It's about the executives themselves. Many are allies of figures like Clinton. Others are yielding to these demands to avoid being attacked or tagged by the left. Tim Cook is betting that while the public wants more free speech enough, we'll also want Apple watches. It's the whole problem with China and the free trade situation with China. Sure, we all declare against slavery. Sure, we all declare against child labor. Sure, we all declare for human rights. But boy, what we could get with Chinese labor and what we could get with Chinese manufacturing and what we could get with Chinese kickbacks matters more. I rem- I'm old enough to remember when left-wing bumper stickers in this country said people over profit. People over profit. Well, once the corporations became the profiteers and they happened to be left-wing, that stopped. That sure stopped. That became awfully quiet. Who are the left who are the left-wing who are the left-wing activists challenging these corporations now? Where are they? Nowheresville. 
All right. I am Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. Got a few of you on hold. Room for more. And when we come back, we'll go right to you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Thank you, gentlemen. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, our friends at Y-Refi have a solution. It's an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you want, and there is no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises, the interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate, up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10.25% rate of return. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34, 888-Y-REFI-34. 34. Great guys over there. They love talking about what they do. You won't get a sales pitch. They just like talking about what they do and letting it speak for itself. Greg and Chandler. Hello, Greg, and welcome. Hi. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Love the show. Um, a few days back, you kind of uh, hit on, uh, you know, the melee. I don't know what you want to call it. The theme. I, I got to listen to parts of it where just your people were not necessarily excited or maybe feeling down yes 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 that there seems to be a sense of conservatives on social media and elsewhere just kind of throwing their hands up and giving up and depressed and down on america and even saying such things as it's really over we're in our last days kind of stuff yeah right right and so i love the first part of your show which hit all the great points i know um you know washington dc the president Nobody asks, you know, barely gets asked a real question. When they get asked a real question, they out and out lie, and there's no challenge, no challenge by any other outlet except maybe one, and that's only some of the time. My concern is that same thing, and that's something that's, like, in our backyard here that's hard for us really to control or do anything about. We really have right here in our own backyard what I feel is the same scenario. You had the constitutional attorney on earlier, which was great, kind of explaining where the whole election scenario is but again i would say where's the press corps going you know we had that meeting and it felt like watching one of those um had that um uh, the session where everybody came up and gave their two minutes of grievances oh yeah the board of supervisors meeting the county board of supervisors meeting from a few days ago right yeah it, it felt like the same scenario watching people, parents going to their schools, finding out all these issues with the kids. They stand, they say their grievances, and bam, the gavel comes down, and then get out. You're all out of here, and then all of a sudden, everybody's on a watch list. Well, that's kind of what felt like it's kind of what like we're dealing with right now on the election thing. I mean, don't ask any questions. Don't say anything. We know you all have problems. But by the way, everything was run well, and everything went just fine. So those are theoretical Republicans or possible conservatives. I don't know, don't really believe it. But there's those two people, several people that spoke at that, just basically said, in your face, we're doing what we want. It's like they had a China baseball cap on and said, okay, interesting, nice. Anyway, all votes were counted, everything's fine, bang, we're done. You have that same malaise right here in the valley, and it's like, what's going on? And we're hoping a few attorneys and maybe a judge will wake up and just, at the very least, say, this stinks. And you guys are incompetent messes and boobs at the very least. And we're being generous in that way. 
are we ever going to have confidence in anything? Because if we can't have confidence in our own little backyard, I'd say that malaise you talked about the other day is only going to get worse because these people seem like they're getting away with everything. There's no ABC or 15 News, 12 News. Nobody's in Ricker's face. Nobody's in Gates' face going, what about your conflicts of interest? What about the conflicts of interest of the people that are on the transition teams onto Katie Hobbs? All these things, nothing gets answered. Oh, I, I, yeah, let me, let, me, let, me, let me keep you on and we'll talk through some of that. Uh, there's a lot. A lot you're putting out there. I, I think a lot of people were in Richard's face, <laughs> and I think a lot of people were in Gates's face. Uh, my God, Gates had to move to a different home for uh, for 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 a night. I think I think there was a lot of that. When did um, when did we learn that Richard had 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 this anti MAGA pack political action committee? I don't specifically know. But Over, a just Over, a okay. Over a year ago. Over a year ago. Over a year ago. This has been well publicized okay. in a lot of papers, and it's been reported on, and no one gave a damn until we lost, or at least some of our candidates lost. In fact, it was not an issue for the first week of the, after the campaign. So I, I want us to make sure we separate the critical from the frivolous arguments. I don't think it was a good idea that he had one. I think it was a terrible idea. It was legal. But this is no Republican said anything about it when they thought they were winning. Not, well, not, no, not I a one. Care, and, I, and I wouldn't have cared if they would have ran it, honestly, and we still would have lost. OK, fine. But there's way too many. All right. So that's just one issue. On. I just want to I want to go through yeah. every issue you're raising. I, I don't think the pack is okay. an issue. And I don't think it's a particularly good argument for us, quite frankly, even 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 absent everything else, because every Democrat well, can even... say that about any Republican who's an office holder. And question the election. I don't I don't want an argument that says, well, of course, the Democrats lost because they're overseen by Republican elected officials who who obviously have a preference in who wins. It's a really not a good argument. Just not. And and I really don't even want to. I honestly I'm not uh, up to all those. These are things that I've heard on this. Okay, well, okay. I just want to answer everything you brought up or at least give you my opinion. My biggest. Yeah. My biggest problem was just the. we, they were supposed to be listening to those people and finding out if there's issues. I would have expected somebody with a little bit of self-respect and honor to go, no, you know what? There are way too many problems here. There's way too many questions not answered. I still don't know what did all the you, answers Did you watch Why the last part? Did you watch the Why last would, part where they responded to all the, all the, all the concerns? Why the machines? And, all and of the, it. And they, they, the all of it. At the end, did you watch it? It's available on YouTube if you didn't, by the way. But uh, they yeah, had they had them respond know. to everything that was said after so the, the after the break came, after the break they came back and responded to everything people left they didn't want to hear it it's available on YouTube okay. if you want to watch it you can I, I will because I I did not honestly I no it's worth watching it's worth reason. watching I think it might help um, did you read the Maricopa County and Tom Liddy's response to the questions from the Attorney General uh, no I did not it's worth reading. It will help calm a lot of concern. It's worth reading. I think a lot of people is kind of what I was saying with Brett. This stuff, Brett Johnson, this stuff is really complicated. And if you're only going to listen to one side that has a partisan interest or political interest, you're not going to know the whole story. There is a response to all these things. And it's very detailed. And Maricopa County released it and Tom Liddy released a separate letter on top of it. It's worth reading. It answers a lot of these concerns. A lot it of answered the concerns of why the the people that were there that were yes. not trained on how to deal with this stuff and yes. how to put this stuff in yes. a separate all box. of it all and of it and what the chain of and what the chain yes. of custody yes. is of those number yes. three yes it does so so, so they're 
So here's what I think. Here's, here's what I think. Here's what I think. And I'll, I'll just I have to take a quick break. I'll come back on the other side because I think there is a lot of work that needs to be done to fix what happened. I don't think anyone can feel good about what happened. I don't think anyone feels good about the way it was run. I don't think anyone feels good about how certain people felt disenfranchised. I don't think anyone feels good about the printing uh, machines not working. And, and there's really no excuse for a lot of these things. So I'll tell you when I come back on the other side of this break, Greg, what I think needs to be done and uh, what I think is the responsible thing that's going to make Democrats as unhappy as Republicans and make Republicans as happy as Democrats. I think. I think. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Greg and Chandler was calling in the previous segment asking what is to be done about um, the, the, um, the depression many of us feel, uh, not only about the outcome of the election, but the processes, particularly here and particularly even more specifically in Maricopa County. David Romney, uh, who used to head the uh, Election Services Division at the Arizona Secretary of State's office, a Republican, I think, in very good standing, having worked for Andy Biggs as well. He wrote this, and I think he's exactly right. I think he got it exactly right. Let me read you what he wrote. Maricopa and the media love to highlight those who claim election fraud and conspiracies. I get it. You can use them to deflect certain blame and paint your opponents as fringe on either side. Here are my thoughts. Remove all that stuff. Remove the fringe elements. And you're still left with some hard facts. One of them is that Maricopa County's election day was a failure for both technical and human reasons. Both technical and human It prevented an unquantifiable number of voters from casting their ballots the way they wanted to on Election Day. At a bare minimum, these failures resulted in abnormally long lines that endured nearly the entire day. And it caused a lot of voters to leave. Maricopa County either A, failed to consider the printer ink setting issue was a possibility, or B, they considered the risk to be minuscule. Regardless, they took no preventive action, and once a solution was discovered, took far too long to solve the problem. You can't quantify how many people exited the line or, after seeing such long wait times, chose not to even get out of their cars. One wonders how many saw the news reports that just and then just kind of said, never mind, not to mention the check-in, check-out failures of the e-poll book system. I'm not saying that one candidate or party was disproportionately affected, nor am I opining on the county's canvassing procedures. We'll leave that to the attorneys. My point is that it is patently false to say that no voter was disenfranchised or prevented from casting a ballot in the 2022 general election. It happened. It's wrong, and there must be some true substantial accountability. Here's what I want to see from my former election official colleagues. Stop circling the wagons and admit mistakes were made. Admit we made mistakes. Talk about how to fix it, how we'll change future training to prevent these mistakes from reoccurring. That and a little humility. Quit obfuscating your failures with snark and condescension. It only further erodes public trust. You messed up. Own it and fix it. 
that's the opinion. That's the opinion of um, of David. I agree with it. David Romney. I agree with that. That's what I think. I also think it's incumbent upon us to read the responses to the allegations. They're out there for those who want them. Because it narrows the number of problems we have to fix. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. 